Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you can tell our friends And they can have my things when we're dead But we're gonna live forever It is the Boys Cast with Ryan Long, the first podcast exclusively for the boys. As you know, the electrocution software will prevent women from listening to this. It's Friday. Game Stonk. The big story. I've been obsessed with it. And I'm going to talk about that a little later, and I'm going to bring Danny on to talk about it because he's a inv- investment guru in the crew, if you will. Uh, and he runs this website called Hard Money, which is a satire, a, f- a funny satire site, which was um, part of the Hard Times universe. He wrote an article today because as I'm writing this, this is when you know GameStop. Everyone's been buying it from the Reddit and it's been crushing, just taking out hedge funds, literally destroyed two funds. Lots more to talk about. COVID to start. So I wanted to talk about, um, I did uh, History Hyenas recently and I, I talked about how I was a little free and loose with the, and I want to show you the hate mail that I get just to show you how hyped up people are on this. So I basically said, which I've said on this podcast before, I was like, it's kind of a joke, but I basically said the, I've been pretty, a little free and loose. And it's kind of like when Larry David wears the Trump hat because people would cancel on you. Like I went back and my mom, who lives like two hours away, was like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable seeing you right now. And then so basically, if you post a photo of you partying, then you can avoid any event in the world, which is essentially what I was saying. And then this is the kind of messages I get was actually starting to like you on History Hyenas till your goof ass admitted to being reckless with COVID and also traveling. You're literally a piece of shit and part of the cancer that's killing this country. I hope that you kill yourself, you queer. So that's the level. <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. And <laughs> there was another one as well. So, the, you know, when people go, I make, you know, I'll do these videos. First of all, it's like, if you actually start to like me, it's like, yeah, if you listen to anything I've done or watched anything, I've made literally three videos and I got one coming out next week that, yeah, this fucking lockdown shit's bullshit. And not to mention the mayor of Toronto, the fucking uh, Cuomo, they, they all came out recently and they all said like, yeah, we should probably open this up. So what I've been saying forever, they're like, yeah, this probably isn't working. And in a lot of people's minds, this is how they see you. They go, you're a murderer. You're ruining the country. The fact that you traveled and it was like, yeah, these people are wrapped up. So this is this is how crazy it's gotten in the country of Canada. Right now, they give you fines. So I'm going to read like a couple headline article titles. But basically, this woman, she got fined $2,000 
And what she did was she went to drop her kids off at her grandparents and they go, your grand, the grandparents aren't part of your bubble. So we're finding you $2,000. And how it happened was the neighbors ratted them out. So, and by the way, this week I'm doing a video, uh, sponsored by Forbidden Clothes. And the video is, I did songs for feminism. I'm doing songs for COVID. And then, hey there, Delilah. Hey there, Cuomo. What's it like in New York City? Stuff like that. Couple of good ones. I would do anything for love, but take off my mask. That's the gist of the thing that's coming. And they're going to be having a breakdown as we go. So the lady, she dropped out her kids and her grandparents. And then the neighbors, the nosy Parkers, they call the cops and they go, uh, we see some suspicious activity going at our neighbor's house. There's some rustling, some familiar faces that I don't recognize, even though it's the people's sons and daughters. They drop off the kids. As the lady's driving home, the police, they, they get hot on the tail. So, you know, I, I don't know even know how quickly they must be responding to this call. Like, hey, uh, snitch here. I just watched my neighbor uh, have someone dropped off at their house. Drop everything. There's a guy getting murdered. They put down the gun. You're getting off this time. We got something more important. So they tail this lady, pull her over, and she's like, was I speeding? Actually, no. What you were doing was drop, you know, were you having a gathering? And she goes, no, those are my kids. I dropped them off because I have to go to work. She goes, well, fuck your work. $2,000 fine. And... The same thing's been happening all over. They're finding people. Here's another one. Uh, Regina woman fined $3,000 for hosting indoor gathering. Police say had at least eight people. At least eight people? First of all, I think most people that are reasonable decide what they're going to do based on what they feel is reasonable. And if the law gives you reasonable things to do, then you go, okay. If you're driving... And it, you're like, ah, this should probably be a 60, 40 feels, or I guess an American, if you go, okay, this should probably be like 50 miles an hour. And if, and they're like, oh, it's 35. You might say, this feels like a little slow for this area. You might go, all right, well, you know what? I'll drive 40, whatever. You might, you know, push it. But if you're supposed to drive 50 and they go, the actual speed limit here is one mile an hour, you're going to be like, I mean, fuck that. And then you get a ticket, you get a ticket. So that's how a lot of people feel about this stuff. You're like, listen, I'm not not dropping my kids off at my grandparents. You're being absolutely ridiculous. So this is the kind of legislation that you're getting in Canada right now and creeping into here. If you go drop your kids off at your fucking parents' house to go to work, here's a ticket, bud. And it's so funny because you know, this point has been made, but it's always like these people were, there's this thing in Canada called Bell Let's Talk Day. And they've been, you know, it's all about like, you know, how to fight depression and this and that. And it was like, you have two conflicting things. You were pushing this thing that's making everyone more depressed. And it's like, okay, we'll stop that. And you're like, well, we can't stop that. But maybe Facebook post and you go, do you not see that these things are all related and you can't isolate one of them? Bell Let's Talk Day, by the way, me, I've always said it's hilarious because it's basically a day where people come out of the closet as crazy and you're like, uh, yeah, no shit. People, I've the favorite thing I've seen is like the basically the craziest person you all know, the girl that everyone knows, smashed windows, like you know, just all non stop, like accusing people of fucking, you know, hate speech or whatever. Just you can, you're like a ball of crazy. You're like, stay away from her, <laughs> do not date this person, and basically. 
they will go online and they'll go, this may come as a surprise to you, but I want to tell everyone that I have struggled with mental issues. And you go, no, you. There's this one guy we know and he posted. He's like, you know, I've been meaning to, you know, come public with this, come out of the closet, so to speak, is crazy that I have been mental issues. Let me tell you about this guy. I'm not going to be Gary Jamerson told me this story, but this is the type of guy we're dealing with. One time we were at a show and he was like standing there and then Gary goes, (laughs) Yo, are you, do you have your shoes on the wrong feet? And he looks down and he goes, oh, fuck. He has shoes on the wrong feet. Imagine leaving the house, you're out all day. You got your shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> That's so funny. So it's the same thing as the woke stuff, the GameStop stuff. It's like, these people are all, every magazine right now is all just like, they're having a meeting being like, how can we make this about race? Because they're, you know, these are the rules. We love rules. We're hall monitors. And we don't like when people are not, when we're not in charge. We're not bullying you around. Recently, a sketch troupe over there. This place has gone bonkers. There's a sketch comedy troupe. And I know some of these people and some of them got caught in the crossfire. And Danny Pollock has been killing them online. But what they did was they posted recently and they said, over the last 15 years, we've been a sketch comedy troupe. And recently we realized we only have, we've only had five black people and 15 people of color and they called them BIPOCs. And they said, so we realize we've been part of a system of white supremacy. We benefited from white supremacy and we're canceling ourselves. We're canceling the troop and we're not going to come back until we've figured this out and we've made amends. And they all reshared it being like, yeah, we're so sorry. You know, I, I've been benefiting from a system of white supremacy. We sh- this apology should have came out earlier. And then every comic in Toronto and every comic even here has been like sharing this around being like, these people are, how funny is this? They basically said, I can't, you know, I got to cancel my own thing because I'm a white supremacist. And you go, Jesus Christ. It's like, first of all, no, no one, black people don't want to be in your sketch troupe. So this is kind of what they do. They don't realize this, all this fucking woke shit and this like identity Paul, most of this stuff is white people, white liberal shit. It always has been. So as much as it's hilarious to watch them cancel themselves from for being white supremacist, it's like this is exactly what I've been saying all along where you go, the fucking audacity of Hollywood to essentially have all white things forever, basically be pushing, you know, exclusively white things, having this like very specific white liberal perspective for the history of time and then coming out now and being like, we've actually done a complete 180 and you guys are Nazis because you haven't caught up to us. And, you know, I always said it's the guy who got into a type of music. He becomes emo. And then the next day he's got, you know, he's got the fucking eyeliner. He's got everything. He comes out. He's like, you guys aren't emo enough. And you're like, you were never doing this. Like, this is when these people say, you know, they want more, you know, people of color. We want more of this. What you mean is you want those people to do your like, you know, nerdy white people thing. And this is my problem with fucking Hollywood, all these people. It's like, dude, my sketch show was probably the most diverse sketch show. And that's because my friends aren't all white. It's like when these people in Hollywood are like, yeah, we want to give, you know, black people a show. We want to give people. It's like, you don't mean Michael Blackson. There's plenty of huge black people that are fucking selling out arenas. And you don't mean them. You mean, hey, can we find some people that are diverse that will fucking do our bullshit? that we're into right now. 
And that's like what this always boils down to. That's why there's all these like, you know, uh, kind of like woke pockets and you go, you're all white. And which is, listen, it's not, it, in my opinion, you go, you probably went to f- drama school. You probably grew up in an area that was all white, knew mostly white people, were into like white people comedy. And now you start it, And lo and behold, that's mostly white people. The same way that certain industries are mostly girls and certain industries are mostly guys. That's who they attract. But now you're like, we're all in on this very specific, like kind of white perspective. And we need more people of color to get on board at our thing. And we can, and our thing is helping them. And we want them to be part of our thing that's helping them. And it's been going on since the beginning of time. That's why like Chinese people and all that have that specific word for the like, you know, white saviors or whatever. But Danny's been killing them online. He's been posting, you know, I'm literally shaking that I was shoulder to shoulder with these monsters (laughs) now that we know they're white supremacists. Like, oh, my God. In some of it, you go, it's like, it's I I do find it hilarious, but I also find it like part of it. I feel bad and I don't want to be like that concern trolling thing. But part of it, it's like, dude, you're not a fucking white supremacist. Stop it. But the part of it. But then the other part of it, I'm like, yo, F. F you for telling me what to do when I, we had the fucking most diverse friend group, the most like, I probably had the most diverse fucking show there that wasn't specifically like the diverse show. Like if just shows that were shows, I actually had tons of people. I always make the joke that I added Natish Sakuja and Amish Patel, even though there were far more talented white people, you know, playing their own game. And it's always kind of been like that. Go to the places where they go, these are the trouble people. They don't care about diversity. It's like, why do, why are, you know, black dudes more attracted to that? It's like, because this is like a white, little white subculture. So this is what I mean. They're not giving fucking Michael Blacks in a show. It's not like, oh, let's get Cat Williams in our thing. It's like, let's find some younger ones that we can sell them on the idea that this is really helping them. The same way that when you do see, you know, the a show about fucking an Asian girl in Hollywood, it's always like being what it's like being Asian show, brown show. It's like growing up with a Muslim family. It's like, why can't that just be a guy? And you're like, because it's not just a fucking guy to you. That's all you see is this. So it's like, yeah, let's show your experience. It's like a lot of these people are just a normal experience. This is my friends, it's like just normal people. And they're like, no, it must be so hard for you. We need to talk about that struggle. And the guy's like, how about I just make a show about fucking me and my friends? They're like, we'd really rather you brought the Muslim parents into it. And to, to go further into like how the diversity stuff's gotten out of control in Canada, it's because these people, all these people in the positions of power, on top of that, they now, they're so pandering to all this stuff that it just has to get to a comical place. You know, someone said the word clown pill. That was like pretty funny. So the comical place is that it's a bunch of young people and old people. They co-opted ideologies that older people thought like older people like, yeah, I hate racism. You know, like a lot of, you know, black dudes are like, yeah, I obviously am for black. You know, I'm fucking, you know, I'll fucking uh, Black Lives Matter, all that shit. And then they're like, guess what? You're also for trans stuff and this. And they're like, hmm. But you're like, yes, but we'll give you stuff. And they're like, all right, like you're paying them off to get on board with your other causes and clump them all together in the name of intersectionality. But they bought, bully people around so much. The teachers, the frigging, uh, the high up people. And they, and if you're rich, you know, and you have lots of money, you go, yeah, sure. We'll do the Joe Biden, you know, we're like, we're going to fight our wars. We're going to, you know, give the banks tons of money, but good fucking news we're going to put a diverse person on the board. You're welcome. 
this is an article by CBC. And this is at a university, the kind of stuff that's going on. McEwen University accuses administrators of failing to take action on racism. We shouldn't have to go through this at school. And the students say that the place is, you know, it's a racist school. And you go, oh, well, that's bad. You wouldn't want a racist school. This is what they're asking for. They say we want a curriculum that and it's we want a curriculum that reflects the full extent of how black, indigenous and people of color founded what constitutes jazz, contemporary, contemporary popular music and all styles taught at McEwen. So they have a, they want to they want to decide the curriculum, what they also want. The implementation of trigger warnings on content involving missing and murdered indigenous women, girls and two-spirit people, residential schools, the Holocaust, prison violence, torture, and genocide. So kind of what people say as a joke, like, oh, do you want trigger warnings? And they're like, yes, actually we do. And now the final, we want alternate assignments provided for self-identifying BIPOC students upon request in cases where the original assignment involves topics that would force students to relive trauma. And for starters, it's like, dude, just don't take the course. (laughs) It's like, it's at the point where you go, I want to take this university course, but I need you to change what the assignments are. And I need you to give me alternative assignments. And I'm going to tell you what to teach. It's like a, It's sort of funny when these people do go into workplace and you're like, you have to have a job and you're like, ooh, your boss is like, hey, I want you to do this. You're like, ooh, I actually need a different assignment or I'm going to write a big article about how you're giving me the wrong, wrong work tasks. And also, I would like to go into a store and be like, I'd like different prices. It's kind of the girl thing where, you you know, you get involved with a thing and then you're like, we need to make some changes here if I'm going to be involved. And you're like, then don't come. And you're like, got to come. So I am going to be coming on the trip. Boys are hanging out. I'd like to be there. You got to bring your younger brother. And also, if you're bringing your younger brother, don't swear. And you go, how about we don't bring the younger brother? Got to bring the younger brother. (laughs) Telling the teacher what to teach and how to teach it is pretty funny and also a pretty good deal for the school. I mean, if you are going to start a school, you're like, do you guys remember, I think it was Back to the Future where the, I think the, the, or maybe it was like the Simpsons, but basically the speedometer didn't work on the car. So they go, well, the speedometer doesn't work, but we have a chalkboard. I know what it was. The one with Urkel, Family Matters. And they go, uh, we have a chalkboard on the, we have a chalkboard here and you just write down how fast you think you're going. <laughs> it's like, we're going to go to school. You tell us what you want to learn. Actually, you know what? Write the exam. You just write the exam and you mark the exam and then send us money. <laughs> That's basically what they want. Well, what do you, hey, what do you guys want? <laughs> You're just a university professor. You show up. What do you want to, what do you want to learn about it? Of course, that tells you what you want to learn. And she says, it's overwhelming. The 25 year old said it's been an ongoing problem for years. I've been going to McEwen for eight straight years now, and it's just hard to contain all the experiences into one good statement, she says. Eight years is a lot of time to be going to school. I mean, not sure what you're taking, that you're in your eighth year, and this music history course is a big issue. At this point, you do kind of just become part of the institution and join the hall monitor class. I kind of see that. You've been there for eight years. You're like, I mean, I'm probably never finishing. And I guess the school would be um, paid for if the person was part of this group or whatever. But that's how it works in Canada. They get uh, free education. But it's so funny because you go, if this person, imagine being a teacher like how much you would hate this chick just showing up in your class. Like the girl that's written 45 articles 
about how she needs you to teach what she wants to learn. And then you're, <laughs> you're like, okay, this is your, my three, my two classes that I'm teaching as a professor, a tenured professor. And then she shows in just like, just puts down her book. You're like, oh, fuck me. That's not who you want to see walking into the classroom, put down the book, put down the tape recorder. And you're like, oh, like you'd probably be on edge. You'd be like, oh, the miss, Mrs. Miss, Miss uh, Z. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> why don't you just teach the class? That would be scary. A teacher clinging on to your job in the woke era. You don't want to conform. This girl walks into your class. The ultimate test. I was getting tired of experiencing these microaggressions. Does feel like a bit of a parody. And being in a space where nobody took it seriously. She says, I was slowly wearing me down to the point where I wanted to drop out. I mean, you're eight years in. Definitely don't drop. You're almost at the finish line of your BA at eight years. One course away from my BA in psychology at eight years. This is like the opposite of the the sketch that I did this week. Because... This is like, you know, I kind of the sketch and it was like, oh, what are you triggered? And the, I, you, people have listened to this podcast probably heard me make that joke a lot. But the idea was, you know, the, the kind of the original joke and a lot of comics say that. But me, it's kind of like inside joke between my friends. But I've talked about it on the podcast where people will be like, oh, what are you triggered? You're like, yo, you literally killed a guy. It's just like a guy dripping in blood being like these snowflakes. Oh, they call me the snowflake melter. And or, or or I've had the one where is even with some of my friends and. It'll be like a park show and I'm guilty of it. You know, some of the things people will be like, oh, that's kind of you too. And I'm like, yeah, it's called self-depreciation in the business. But it'll be like they have uh, like these shows in the parks and friends will be like, oh, the audience is with pussies. And you're like, was it pussies or was it a woman walking her dog 4 p.m. and you're yelling cunt? <laughs> there's a there's a lot of comics that will. Because, you know, it's hard to fucking, you know, do super aggressive stuff on stage. It's harder than doing a joke about the subway. So sometimes people, comics will be like, that audience, you know, sometimes the audience is legitimate pussies. But sometimes it's like, oh, these friggin', you know, these friggin' snowflakes, they couldn't handle my jokes. And it'd be like a, a guy trying to have a picnic and you're like yelling the N-word. <laughs> you go... Maybe, maybe it was, the, maybe the comic was, you know, it's not always the audience's fault. It's sometimes it's your fault. Then I'll go the opposite way where I remember we were at a club in Toronto. It was called Imperial. And this was like peak Jordan Peterson years. And there were three university professors, like anti-Peterson university professors. And they showed up and I was on stage and then they were there to like get mad so they, they were you know it's right beside the university and they showed up in in bad faith essentially so they were start, right out of the gate they were kind of like yo you shouldn't say that whatever and you're like all right you allowed to say that and we're like we at this at this point we're just trying to you know bark people in to get a show going but then I go on stage. It was fine. They, the girl kept talking, so it ended up being like a heckle thing. But I did fine. After the show, the three of them go to the bartender, and they go, this guy was misogynist, and what he did was he started making fun of me for being in a wheelchair, and uh, <laughs> he was like, and I'm disabled, and he was, and then we go, what? I didn't even know she was disabled. It was dark. I couldn't even see them. 
And then the owners like were canceling the show. And then this girl wrote a letter to the people. She's like, I'm a university professor and I'm going to write articles about this. And if you don't cancel the show and blah, blah, blah. So the people that run the show, this is like, you know, kind of the beginning of all the cancel stuff. So they don't, you know, this doesn't happen all the time. And then they were like, listen, like we can't do the show. This girl and all her university friends are like putting our bar on blast. And she's writing all this Facebook statuses about it. Like, you know, if you were doing that and luckily I record all my sets so we showed the person, we go, hey, I'll send you the set. You can listen to the whole thing. And then the bar owner, the bar owner called back and he's like, the fuck? You didn't say any of that stuff. It's literally in their thing. And then he's like, he messaged her being like, we have a recording of the set. So a lot of these people come there in bad faith. They're there to get mad like this girl and they hear what they want to hear. And most people probably kind of get the like nuance of the difference of those two. But I, I kind of, it was funny because when I, when I was doing that sketch, I, I knew exactly how it was going to go because I, I was like, on Instagram, people are like it. On Twitter, people are going to argue, but I'm not going to know those people. You know, they just saw it. And then on YouTube, people kind of argue that actually most of them like me. And then there's the two people. There's the people that, you know, like you. And then there's the people that like the fact that they agree with you sometimes. And they're not even looking. They're just, you know, you're a weapon when they agree with you. You're a nuisance when you don't. And... I get why a lot of people are like that. And it's the same reason why people on that side are like this. It's because they feel like they're in a war. So if you feel like you're a fucking soldier in a war and you say, and something comes out that you see as hurting the movement, you think, you think to yourself, well, fuck this. What are they doing? And the people are like, well, it's funny. And then just jokes. And you're like, oh, jokes. We have something more important. The movement. What have you done to help the movement? And I go, the movement? I'm trying to make funny things. And that's the kind of thing that gets people trapped. You know, you get, you get, you come part of this wave. You now become, you know, so engulfed in it that you answer to these people. That's how you get all these comics that are just fucking petrified of their audiences. They don't want to step out of line. You know, there was a lot of these famous, uh, I mean, Ari Shafir was talking about this. There was a lot of these comics that wouldn't go on his show and they're like, I can't go on your show. I'd love to. I like you, but my audience will kill me. I get the amount of people that are fucking, you know, kind of on the woke thing or whatever, or they don't even think that, but just that's their careers based on that. And they're like, I can't, you know, associate with this thing, but I think this is really funny because I'll get killed. And I've had that with lots of different people because the thing becomes this engulfing thing that owns them. And I go... I understand that you feel like you're in a war, but the problem is if they make you, if you, if you're made to feel like you're always at war, you've kind of already lost. So it's like, Oh, we're the movement. We're at war. It's like, I know there's some people it's like, I just want to be a perpetual soldier. And when that war is done, you'll find another one and then you'll find another one. So you can always be fighting something. But if you, if you're not that, and you feel like you want to be a normal person and if you feel like this world is forcing you to essentially be at war always, no matter what, whether that be like the jokes you're allowed to make, the things you're allowed to make fun of, then you've already lost. You've already lost when you feel like you're at war 24-7. What, do you, what have you done for the movement? You know, I saw that with, um, you know, for example, Sean King, who I, one of my favorites to make fun of. He recently went the the Capitol shooting because his whole thing has been... Cops bad, people good, all these police shootings are bad. So when they shot the woman at the Capitol shooting, he was in a bit of a conundrum because he's tr- trying to have like some semblance of consistency 
And for the most part, you don't have to. It's so easy to rationalize. You go, oh, this one's different. She's in the Capitol, whatever you want to do, right? But I think as he said, he wanted to go, I, you know what, guys? I know that I've been, I hate these people, but I still have to go with my whole thing that police shouldn't be shooting people and killing them. And he did a five-page... <laughs> Between this five pages first of like now before I say what I'm gonna say I think this is gonna be a very controversial statement in our community and I just want to say that these ladies are the worst people in the world uh, they're white supremacists I think that America is a white supremacist country I think cops are white supremacists on and on and on and then finally he goes but I think that this shooting I've watched it seven thousand times and I think that the sh- cop that shot this person shouldn't have killed them. I think that that didn't have to happen. Explodes on him. Fuck you. Whose side are you on? And then he's responding to all the comments being like, no, no, no. Trust me. I think they're bad. I think they're bad. I think they're bad. I think they're bad. I just didn't think the cops need to kill them. Cops are bad. Like he's just, you know, he's scrambling to be like on the right side. So I think a lot of people are like that with their audiences. And which it's so funny because you're like, if you've listened to anything I do or what you go, I know I'm not, you know, I'm not fucking that. That's why I was doing, you know, I do a lot of the fucking left side, right side videos. One of the things that was making me laugh on that side was I want to do, uh, you know how there was, which the, the, the Pone and Libs compilations, you know, the, especially when they were good at the beginning when it was like Milo Yiannopoulos and, and everyone's like, who are these guys? Just Pone and college kids. But then it got to the point. I want to do one where it's, um. And this potentially is going to be in the movie I'm making, but the, they call me the snowflake melter and they're legitimately talking to kindergartens. <laughs> yeah. Destroys kindergartner with facts and logic. And I thought that'd be a funny sketch, but I think maybe you're going to be a movie because getting kids to do a sketch is like a nightmare. Okay. So the, you know, and the reason I kind of talk about this sketches sometimes is because I feel like from my end, when I'm listening to other people that I like, Whenever I feel like there's criticism, I'm always kind of like, yo, defend yourself, dude. Like, especially, you know, if it's like an artist I like or like a sketch, uh, like a comic I like and people, they make something and people trash it. I'm like, yo, fucking defend yourself. So I can, what's the, what's your perspective on it? You can take that. But back to the article, they say, Ying, who is Chinese, says in one instance, a professor commented on her eyes while providing feedback in front of a group of students. <laughs> this is, this is like exactly like my sketch now. <laughs> The teacher just snapped. Yeah, well, ching chong, ching chong. <laughs> what? The teacher's just had enough. He said, it would be better if you conducted with your eyes open, she said. My eyes were open. It was a very awkward conversation. And yeah, probably didn't happen. But I love the idea of her sleeping in the class. Uh, can you wake up? I'm Chinese. <laughs> this is what my eyes look like. Uh, it's called being Chinese. It's like you're drooling, you're snoring. Uh, they stopped even asking the other side of the story in these articles too. Is literally you go, well, what actually happened? You're saying that the teacher called this guy fucking Chinese. He called him. He goes, oh, you open your fucking eyes because he's Chinese. And they go, they they just report what happened. It's like, did you ask the teacher? Like, would you even give the teacher side of the story or you just go, ah, here's what happened. But some music history course, by the way, you know, I also want to say, we also want to get back to the point that this is a music history course. So this is what a teacher who spent their entire life dedicated to this topic. They've written dissertations on this. 
you know, a literal PhD paper on on music theory or music, you know, history or whatever. And you've been you're a, you've been a student for seven years, and you're like, I've taken this class, and he's wrong about everything. <laughs> Why are you taking the class? Why take the class in something you're an expert on? But our academia is getting, you know, on all sides, very political. I, I, I know this guy, he runs a course on public speaking. And he posted, he's like, you know, I did this course on public speaking. And today I, I dissected why Trump's speeches are bad and Biden's speeches are good and blah, blah, blah. And you go, I mean, just, you're just teaching a course on how to be a Democrat. <laughs> it's like, you, that is not partisan. And I, and it's always, so my point that I'm trying to make about the nuance here is it's the same thing with conspiracies. When you go, these Q people are crazy and they're conspiracy. You go, and the reason people believe with conspiracies is because a lot of times there's a little fucking truth to it. Uh, you know, when we talk about pedophile rings, there's been three of them that have been un uncovered in my fucking lifetime, whether it's the Catholic church or the British foster care system or whatever it is. So with the racism stuff, you go, yeah, there's some fucking racism. And then they go, we need the teachers to let us pick our exams and this. And you go, okay, we're, you get, <laughs> you let it get away from you a little here, I think. And I, so if you go, I get with like a black stuff, for example, to go to people that go, oh, if there's no racism ever. Imagine you got arrested. Imagine you got arrested for a crime and it was eight Asians interrogating you. You know, you're sitting there, eight Asian guys interrogating you. They all kind of, you know, went to the same school. They're all into the same stuff. Then you go to court. The judge is a Chinese guy. Your lawyer is a Chinese guy. Their lawyer is a Chinese guy. These two guys know each other. I think everyone, you go, I feel like I might not get a fair shake here. And that's the same way that they, you know, some of these people feel like that. If you go to court, ju judges, what every single person's white or Jewish or whatever it is. And you're a black guy. You go, feel like I'm not getting a fair shake here because they know each other. Or if you go to a, you know, and again, it's not always race because, but if you're in a business, show up finance, the thing is 10 white dudes, the guy interviewing is a white dude. They get the, you know, this guy is a white dude. They're into the same music. These guys went to the same schools. You know, of course you'd be like, I, I feel like I'm at fucking disadvantage here. But with me, I go a lot of times I probably, because where I grew up or whatever, I go probably relate to potentially that guy more. So it ain't always fucking race. But you can see this speck of like, yeah, I see why you're, and then you're looking for answers for that. You're like, this country's racist. And you go, just, yeah, there's more of those people and those things. So I get the criticism there. But the teach, but the, but the, the, but then it always goes to these insane fucking places. And it, you know, happens a lot in the conspiracy world. It happens a lot in the woke world. Every cop's a white supremacist. You go, I mean, you had me at, there's some bad shootings. <laughs> you had me at, potentially, you know, some of these cops are bad. And then you go, every cop's a white supremacist. You go, I, even the black ones, you're like, all right, uh, you're out of the discussion as far as I'm concerned. The teacher stuff is, is really crazy. So there's this teacher, Mark Cripson and the trans stuff. One of the things that I've been, you know, kind of arguing about lately is because the trans stuff is such the cardinal issue. And one of the things that's happening is Companies like Pfizer, that they now own these like transition drugs. And there's essentially a conspiracy, but as far as I'm concerned, it's true. And if you look into it, it's like they're paying for these Coca-Cola and companies like that to do trans ads because basically Coke released this out, this whole ad, 
and it's all trans people. It's like, be yourself. And it's a dad, you know, helping his son put his makeup on. And then, you know, a kid uh, getting the hormone medication. And it's kind of like, be yourself, Coca-Cola. <laughs> you go, what the fuck's going on here? And then people have been tracing the money back. And it's like the companies that own these like transition medications, which are like 20, 30 grand a year. So every time they can get someone to transition, it's money in their pockets. So you could look at that and then you go, this is fucked up. These, But then the a lot of people have been taking the, the, the stance of like the pharmaceutical companies are taking advantage of the trans people by kind of getting them hooked on this medication and raise them. And you're like, there's just so much more to this to, you know, to look at the trans issue and be, you know, the pharmaceutical companies are the problem. It's like, it, it, this is what happens with a lot of these intellectuals that just isolate one single issue. You go, there's so many connected parts of this whole trans issue, which is kind of like the linchpin issue. And so this teacher, his name is Mark Crispin Miller, and he's getting murdered right now by saying, you know, he said there's correlations between the, you know, the ads for trans people to be trans people and the propaganda in World War One, which bold take, you know, I think that a lot of people would be like, well, I mean, everything's propaganda to some degree, whatever you could say that. But they said he's pointing it out and he's like, look, at it's like legitimately the exact same language, blah, blah, blah. And he runs a propaganda course at NYU. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Basically, he had one of these people showed up to the course, <laughs> showed up to the course, notepad in hand, wearing a wire essentially, came to the course one day, posted, she goes, I'm at a course, an alt-right, my teacher's alt-right. He's basically anti-trans. This guy's getting killed. I think they put him on leave. And it's like, you know, it's hard to say when you have a, you go, this is the number one issue right now. Sprite, it, it was a Sprite ad, actually, not Coke. They go, you know, this is why you have to be trans. And to say that, what's going on here? And people are kind of like, Who's and I, I don't think the pharmaceutical companies are the start of it. You go, they're 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 gonna profit off this always. It's like that's that's what happens. These movements happen, whatever they are, and every big corporation's like, how do we get our grubby fucking paws on this? You know, there's sex work thing. Okay. You know, it's a dot dad showing his daughter how to be a prostitute. He's inserting the penis into her vagina, and it's like sex works real work, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dad's gotten his girl blowing a girl. It's like, I'm so proud of my daughter. She's a prostitute. She's fucked nine guys today. She's at the top of her cohort in prostitution, Dr. Pepper. And the biggest probably issue is right now, can they compete in sports? And whether you're for it or against it, you just have to be like, yeah, this thing's a whole fucking mess. Because basically the implications of this have to like redesign all the world. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you could say, if you wanted to start actually trying to solve it, maybe you could say, how about this? Biological women in one category, everyone else in another category. How about that's fine. So it's not the men's, they're not competing in the men's category. They're competing in the open category. 
So it's like biological women and then the open category. You know, girls can already compete in men's sports and it'd be like, no, they are biological women. You go, we're at a bit of a standstill. But the reason it's funny, this is an issue that is clearly against, you know, it's trans people versus the old school feminists. And they're at war right now. These two agendas clearly, clearly don't go. They don't jive. They're all part of the intersectional thing. And none of it affects me. (laughs) 99% of these things, like at the core of it, it's like, let's fucking get Ryan to have less jobs. So, but this one, you go, it's the, you know, the trans agenda fighting with like the old school feminist agenda and ain't none of it have any effect on me. Woo! Win for the boys. That that one is sort of a win with the boys. When you when you get those little fights happening, you know, when it's like gay people versus the race thing or whatever, and you're like, enjoy the fight, boys. Cause it's all you know, it's all just such a mess. Cause they all have such standards of what they need that both the like a lot of these groups, what they need involves like redesigning the world. And they both need to redesign the world. And they're all trying to work together because they're like, we're all trying to redesign the world together, but they're not. They need their hierarchies of who's higher, you know, these trans people and then it's women. So, so that, that one you just have to look at is like, okay, so if, if women's sports, it'll get feminists more hyped up. If feminists uh, that aren't for trans stuff, you know, put their foot down, it's going to get trans people mad at them and you go, oh, to grab the Michael Jackson popcorn meme bag and just sit back and watch the show. <laughs> watch them cancel each other. It's all you can do. Take your little funny nuggets when you can get them. I heard a canceling described a good way, but they described it as opposition research, like politicians do. And I thought that was very true. And it's and they've got the media as a tool to do opposition research against their enemies, which I've seen. And it's like this war thing I've talking about. Anyone feels like they're in a war and these are their enemies and they've legitimately hired people to do fucking opposition research and the media is doing all these tools to get people fired because they don't like them. If you were, a, they said, if you were a hammer, everything is a nail. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. So on the, that topic of that, I have one more funny one that someone sent me and it's kind of like how veganism, everyone was like, oh, this stuff got pretty out of control. Like the, you know, and I think a lot of people were on board. They almost became hacked to make fun of. These people are, you know, kind of surpassed them in the category. But it's always funny to look back at what they're saying. Because they were the ones that started with the language stuff. And they said, using animals as insults perpetuates speciesism. <laughs> it may be a little bit of a loop where the, you know, the PETA people are like, I like what you're doing there, you know, stopping language and all that stuff. Like, we got to get this in more. And they've, they've all stole from each other. But this is where the stuff goes. And they said, instead of chicken, you need to say coward. Instead of rat, you need to say snitch. Instead of snake, you need to say jerk. <laughs> These are kind of things. you If you call someone a chicken, well, it has a little bit of a... And you go, first of all, you're wrong. Because linguistically, they don't quite mean the same thing. And the reason you use an animal is because it's essentially cuter and it takes this fucking sting off. It's like if you're a... Uh, a dad and you're with your like son and you're on the top of a bridge and you're going to jump into this water and your son's like, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. You're like, Oh, what are you chicken? That's not so hard. You look your son in the eyes. You go, what are you a fucking coward? What are you a coward? It's like, my dad's calling me a coward. Like those aren't really synonyms. Like the reason they have these cute animal names, except for the next one, pig, (laughs) when you call a girl a pig, but if you're eating too much, be like, Oh, don't be a pig. 
If you say, they, they say you replace pig with repulsive. Hey, don't call a girl a pig. Call her repulsive. <laughs> that one I go, I'll, t- I'll do it. I won't call a girl a pig. I'll call her repulsive. But if you're eating and you go, oh, stop being such a pig. And then you go, stop being so repulsive. Like, no, the, repul- the reason why that one, they say pig is it's, you know, less sting. It's cuter. And they say, don't say sloth, say lazy. That one maybe is a little closer. But I think that one, sloth, is a little more. But it's funny. It's always going to boil down to if you want to get your way, and you have this like puritanical thing, what you need to do is change the language, which is what these people are going to do. So I'm going to, okay, we're going to go into talking about the Gamergate thing. But before we get that, you noticed from the video this week, but this week was Forbidden Clothes Week. I, I, I did everything was brought to you by these guys. That the dude's a cool guy. You know, he follows all this stuff. He really likes my fucking videos and stuff. And he was like, dude, can we, we'll do a whole week. And so check their stuff out. I'm wearing one right now. Uh, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at the folks at Forbidden Clothes. Forbidden Clothes is always releasing t-shirt designs, hoodies, and all kinds of apparel that pushes the envelope and really sends a message. Sometimes it sends a message that gets, gets them hate mail and death threats, social media suspensions, and pretty much the whole nine of censorship and shame. These guys very much are forbidden. Forbiddenclothes.com. <laughs> these guys are banned from everything. I'm like, are you, there's a shirt company. You're not supposed to wear them. So instead of walking around like a meat puppet billboard, you fucking don't be a meat puppet and displaying the logos of massive brands and corporations that are doing nothing but constantly screwing you. Wear something that both looks good and feels great and can possibly get you kicked off an airplane. I saw this copy and I go, listen, guys. I'm trying to sell your shirts here, but I don't know if the best way to sell them is like, wear this shirt, you'll get kicked off the airplane, <laughs> like the Chinese guy on American Airlines. <laughs> or it'll get you kicked out of the horror phones, but maybe it won't. They said maybe it won't. So if you buy the shirts, it might not get you kicked out. So go to forbiddenclothes.com and forbidden underscore underscore clothes on Instagram. Two underscores, guess why? Their last couple got fucking... <laughs> By the time we and Danny were saying this, but by the time that this comes out, there's probably going to be three underscores. But check out the Instagram by right now. It's that, and they do have really cool art, and they've gotten some pretty hot babes for the models. So it's always fun to see that on the screen. Check out their website, give them a follow, and let's get the algorithm working in their favor, because their art and designs are probably not something that big tech wants to trend. So you're screwing big tech by buying the shirts, following the Instagram. The code is Ryan10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. Support the sponsors and support me. Support the podcast so I can keep buying locations for my cool things. I just did a superhero sketch. I rented out this huge place. Location, location, location. Now, Danny Polishuk, a man that knows the stock market. You know, I, I've always laughed because... When he, you know, he, 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 he was a Tesla bull for his whole life. Like I'm going to have all my money in Tesla forever. And he's been trading forever and stuff like that. And when, when Tesla, he sold it in the crash and it, he, and then it like tripled and it's like, he's been kicking himself. Like he just lost a fucking ton of money. And he was at one point he was like, dude, if I didn't do that, I could have retired. And I go, you've never had a job. <laughs> you've never had a job since I've known you. <laughs> what are you retiring from? So I thought that was pretty funny. And it's kind of like when Kramer in Seinfeld tells people, he's like, ah, I didn't want you guys to know I'm unemployed. (laughs) So without further ado, fun episode. And now I'm going to talk to Danny Polishuk to get in the nitty gritty of the game stonk. Game stonk. (laughs) Here with Danny Polishuk. Wait, we're doing a thing on game stomp stonk or gay stonk? Gay stomp. Yeah. 
That's when I thought we were doing gay stomp, that niche where it's a gay guy stomps on your balls. I thought gay stomp was like when people gay bash you and your friends. You know, you guys are coming uh, out of the brothel and then it's just like, who are the, you? Know, who are you? Know, you have the dick in the mouth. So it's, oh, yeah. I mean, regardless, I feel very underprepared. Yeah. <laughs> so where yeah, is it? Okay. So this is where is that right now? It, it's yeah. been fucking all over the place, dude. Like I when I got so we shot a sketch yesterday and then I got home and I did my podcast and I like literally talked about it for 40 minutes. And I was like and I was like hoping that i'm like you know there's nothing gonna be super crazy and then i like release it this morning and then there's just like all this other crazy shit that's happening. gonna happen in this too it's coming out tomorrow and that's gonna yeah be i know and, and i actually changed the date i was really it's the the funniest part was i changed the date when i was re- day i was releasing my podcast from like tuesday to thursday because shit kept happening on wednesdays where i would like release yeah. it on wednesday morning and then something crazy would happen wednesday afternoon and like yeah right and then i was like so Anyway, so I was like, I'm cha- and then last night on the podcast, I'm like, man, I'm glad I changed it to, to Wednesdays. And then today, like, it just more craziness. And I'm just like, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, because you were sort of on this from the start. One thing I'll say out of the gays, like, I've never seen more, like, everyone I know posting about the GameStop thing. Like, every oh. comic in Toronto. You, 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 said, you probably have everyone mess you about stocks. So it's like every person been, like, hitting you up. Oh, so many people have been like, what is going on? And it's like, the funny thing because i went and just like i i kind of like gave because like someone's like what's going on and i'm like i have to like explain to you like what a short squeeze is and like all this stuff and it's like people are like what's over text and i'm like well i don't know it's yeah. gonna fucking take me an hour to explain this to you for those people if someone messages and they're like hey what's what is this should i invest your like gamble if you want to no. but yeah 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 i mean people are asking me they're like should i buy this i'm like no although i will say that i bought amc today you bought it today. just as a I bought some AMC. I down been, so the reason, but you've you've been since the start of this, you were like, "Yo, this is sick," and you put a bunch of money in. And- I mean, I like I like the element of uh, the little guy fucking over the big guy, but then today the big guy straight up was like, "Yeah, yeah, not so fast, little guy." I think you forgot like a reach you forgot the power. packing order. So essentially, all of these huge companies. I have this little article here too, and all these companies have these huge short squeezes, uh, these short positions. Which so all these hedge funds have these huge. Chamath Polyhapatia probably put out one of the best explanations of of what exactly he just tweeted it. Maybe like I don't know, not that long ago, but one of the better explanations of what's going on. Uh, how these stuff they just super leveraged they never kind of like they're on un- not heavily regulated and they just were like you know people were there's like one big group that like uh that melvin capital or whatever where they're the ones who like are the smartest guys and so they do these like short trades and then all these people just follow them into trades because they're like yeah these guys are so smart we just copy what they do and then the really only way this whole thing could blow up is like what's currently happening Right. And they just never really like built that into a risk model that like this could ever happen. Yeah. Right. And then, but so the crazy thing is like, so that Melvin Capital started to like blow up because of this short position. They needed to cover their shorts. They're backed by this uh, Citadel, which is like this, yeah, big this, fucking, great. this big hedge fund. But so the craziest thing is so then today, uh, Robinhood was like, we're not allowing buys in, in, uh, GameStop and AMC, you can only sell shares of GameStop, which is like if you're a short Insane. fund, 
which is a short, if you're short, you're like, that's what you want is you want nobody to be able to buy and only be able to sell so that you can buy the shares you need to cover your position if that's what you're trying to do. But then it's like, so the way Robin, cause you know, Robin Hood's no commission, right? The way they make money, Robin Hood is- There's they some commission. Sell they take their, a tiny percent of you. No, no they don't at, take- I was a, looking this no. up yesterday. They have a, they were, it says they take a tiny percent up to $5. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, maybe on options, as I understood with Robinhood, or at least for certain stocks, is that there's no commission, but what they do is they sell your order flow and the company that buys the order flow is the one who's basically financing the whole operation. So they get, they're basically selling data and yeah. the company that buys this data is Citadel. I know. So Citadel is buying this information and then they're the ones who basically go, hey, go, you like, they're the ones who are now like have this existential risk essentially. And then they're like, yeah, stop allowing people to buy it. Yeah, and then Robin by saying dead. that you're by saying that you're protecting them from themselves, when in fact you're <laughs> literally just protecting these hedge funds. Now there is a scenario where these hedge funds are like, you know, literally about to fucking like implode, and you know there is real risk where and like it it was happening yesterday and it was happening a bit today where like it's you know if you're a long well if you're a long short hedge fund then what happens is like you're like we have some bets that we're like betting go up and we have some that we're betting go down and then because the ones betting go down are going up so much we have to buy them to cover which means they have to sell their longs to buy their shorts so then the shorts go up and the longs go down so it's just it's causing like chaos yeah everything else has been like, pretty down yeah so and like all these things go down and the reason like lots not again stocks people sell stocks for lots of reasons like the market's due for a correction it's hard to know exactly but for sure there are funds who are like yeah, we have to sell all these like, you know, our shares of Apple to fucking cover our like that, short you know, the positions. amount of probably places that are essentially straight up data trades like, you know, they're almost computers at that point. Just the amount just the like chaos of that yeah, like, and, and all the indicators for them are like, "Oh, we got to sell everything." Yeah, the high frequency traders and stuff. And then not only that, but there's lots of like these hedge funds, high frequency traders who saw what was going on and they're like, yeah, we're going to go long GameStop. Like we're going to buy GameStop too. And we're going to fucking like join in with these Wall Street people. How many, of these, uh, how many of these people do you think hedged by buying, you know, like the guy that works at these places, but like low key on his off time, he's actually buying GameStop for the people? Ah, uh, fuck. I don't know. I mean, there's the thing is the games, dude, GameStop in the pre-market today hit f like $520. I think it closed at 230. I saw it, but go, then it's it, crazy. So it went down like a ton and then it now it, it hit a hundred, it hit like 112. It hit a hundred. It was, so it's pre-market high was 513. It's day low after they just dude. It got. I was talking to like this dude Charlie who works. Yeah, that's what I want to know. What the is all your your gay stock buddies? <laughs> well, this is like uh, this is the the website. He's not uh, like he just helps. He's like one of the writers or whatever. But we were like talking about it, and we're like, how many times has GameStop been halted? Because what happens is that you like just it gets too crazy. They halt it, and it's like something when it like goes down fifteen times or up. They, like it kept getting halted when it was on its way up too. They just halt it to just like give it a pause kind of thing but it got halted 15 times today and dude it's like you know if you just tell people you're like, hey you're for? not five minutes sometimes seven minutes the way okay. it's just like there's no trades but it's like you know some stocks like it's it's like rare for stocks to get halted period let alone 15 times a day um there's i mean dude i'll tell you the big winner today was bitcoin that that's yeah. the consensus in, in my group is that the big winner was bitcoin because today was the first day where and people silver. are like and so, well, silver was a big winner because 
that's Wall Street Bets' next play is that they're going to try and short squeeze silver. So uh, people were just buying. You know, people were like, well, all their trades have been so successful so far. They've made so much money. So people are just kind of piling in, which drives the price up. I don't know if the silver trade is necessarily going to be like, you know, whatever. It's still just silver, but Bitcoin actually today got a real like real bump in terms of its like usefulness, like a real cosine because people were like, yeah, you know, like Bitcoin. This is, is what happens when people can control your fucking markets. Yeah, they they just sort of say, hey, guess what? You're we we're protecting you from yourselves. You're not allowed to buy anymore. Now, the one thing I'll say about Bitcoin is that, and this is obviously a potential real hole in that in that idea is that you know I, I buy crypto on coinbase like coinbase is really just robin hood like they could just be like hey we're not letting you buy bitcoin you can only sell bitcoin if bitcoin goes up too crazily i mean it seems really counter to their whole ideology and everything but i mean dude robin hood just shot themselves in the foot so hard today because they're supposed to be like i didn't even realize but there's they were planning to be ipoing soon like doing an initial public offering and then you're like like everybody's like fuck robin hood who the fuck wants like, to buy that stock now not even who wants to buy that stock but it's just like dude they just turn themselves into like a like these the like villain. they turn themselves from robin hood to whatever the opposite of robin hood is. yeah yeah like the fucking sheriff of nottingham you're like you, <laughs> yeah. you're the opposite now <laughs> yeah you know you're like you, nottingham it's it's like you just gave yourself the most ironic fucking name ever like you know gamestop is not a good business like like they're not like killing it and they're being unfairly held down. This was just a thing where like people on Wall Street Bets figured this thing out very smartly of them that they're like these hedge funds were in this position where they could be in a lot of trouble if everybody just coordinated and started buying the stock. But like the GameStop's not worth more than I don't know. If I if I had to put a high estimate on it, $25 a share. Like you know, they're, they're fucking, yeah, a, a, a console comes out every seven years. People buy their video games through their like console. Like you don't go into a store to buy games anymore. What do they sell? Funko pops? Like, why are they worth fucking like, like seriously, like it's not a good business. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to be f much further down. But the fact is, is like, like fucking a, uh, Robin hood should not be stepping in because like, these retail traders like figured out this thing and are now squeezing fucking hedge funds. Like it, that's like a risk hedge funds took, whether they knew it or not. They're getting and also when you're, yeah, the idea is their like, own game. Even if you look at the like wall street bet stuff, you'll see a lot of uh, it's, you know, a lot of the sentiment being like put in all the money that you could afford to lose. Like that's, it's not that these guys are geniuses, but like a lot of people, that is the sentiment. Like everyone kind of knows, yeah, I could lose this money. And there's a lot of like, hey, remember how these like suits fucked us in 2008 and how your like dad lost his house? Like we're going to get them back for this like right now through doing this. Like there is this real like revenge element. And like who is fucking Robin Hood and all these brokerages to just be like, hey, yeah, we don't think uh, we want to protect you from yourselves. Now, granted, there, there will be some people like there will be, you know, just like any bubble, like it will pop and there will be some people who are, you know, probably like be JJ. Armed. <laughs> JJ, exactly. But like, who are you to stop them from doing that? Like, you know, it's like, imagine walking into a casino and then the casino is like, you know what? We think you lost enough money. You're like, fuck you. You're like, it's my money. <laughs> you, this is the, this is what you guys do. I'm going to lose as much money as I have. It's my right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. So I don't know. There's more to it than that, but on the, it, it, this was like one of the largest, just like blatant rigging, 
like the system that you've ever seen. Because if it was the other way around and hedge funds were just like, they were like, you know, retail Doing traders. Doing this to normal people. Well, if retail traders were short and hedge funds were long and they were like, we're going to squeeze these fucking regular people, Robinhood, nobody would step in and be like, hey, hedge funds, you know what? Take the foot off the gas. You're not allowed to buy the shit anymore. They would just be and like- And they're fucking- 100% allowed to do that and probably do do stuff like that. They do all sorts of shady shit like that, dude. All sorts of shady shit. And they're just, they're getting a taste of their own medicine. But the problem is all the regulators, they're all just like fucking all tied together. They're all friends. Portnoy, dude, Portnoy had apparently a million dollars. I think he had a million dollars in AMC. And then they're just like, yeah, you're not like, we're like, we're ending buying. You're only allowed to sell. And it's like, dude, if you only allow people to sell, it's impossible to make the price. Like, I'm like, so who's on the other side of that trade then? If you're only allowed to sell your shares, who's buying? No, it's, that's just on Robinhood. Cause it, it, that wasn't I mean, on Robinhood. There was a lot of other places that did that too. So they all the other ones went lock stock, just like how they do with the censorship. Not they, they were they did some stuff like like my trading platform came in and they go, you're not allowed to buy on margin. So because normally what you can do is you can be like if you have a thousand dollars in your account, they'll be like you can buy two thousand dollars worth of AMC shares. We'll lend you some money to buy it, and then yeah, like, but they said no margin buys. They because some were like no margin buys, some were like straight up like uh yeah some were no bargain guys some were basically saying uh uh no trading whatsoever we bull and then they were making some were making excuses but like dude a lot of people were just like yeah steve cohen is like the dude who bought the mats is like just he's behind him all and this portnoy and, and him have been going out i saw portnoy oh, being Hatta. like you're a piece of shit and then the guy being like how am i a piece of shit i'm just trying to make goes, a living yeah, yeah trying yeah. to make a living this guy owns the mets he's trying to make <laughs> a living <laughs> But yeah, like, um, no, I was saying that like is the, all the celebrities that you, I was, you're kind of like, I got kind of rules. They're all for this. And all the celebrities that you're like, that guy sucks. They're all like, this is actually a problem. What's happening? And we should be stepping in. And Sachs made that David Sachs guy made the pretty good point where he was like, he's tying this into the censorship stuff. Cause he was like a lot of these tech people that were, you know, kind of going to be part of the, you know, buying Gamergate and stuff when they were trying to take down the subreddit, he was like, see, like now it's like remember when uh two months two weeks ago when i was like you guys are going down a bad path with this like big tech collusion to censorship he's like yeah what did it take two weeks for all of you to be like yeah you were kind of right like <laughs> it, it, it took love, two weeks to fuck them like you know yeah. what i mean so, but I'll, i will tell you this i'm currently watching the price of my amc shares in the aftermarket and they're fucking ripping right now this story is not over yeah it's not over. Like these, there are these still huge short positions in these in GameStop and AMC, and they still have as, to cover them. Some they of them still have to cover. They still have to cover them. And I tell you what, a lot of people they probably saw the Robinhood thing and they go, you know what, this buys us some time. Maybe the stock will just keep going down and we don't have to worry about this. But if the stock just keeps going up, then like they're in a lot of trouble. And and, Ro- and Robinhood's fucked and it didn't even work. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, exactly. Well, exactly. They, they can say we tried or whatever, but the, I mean, the, like at this point, if you buy a share of AMC, I don't know when this is coming out, but if you just want to fuck these people over, go buy some GameStop, even if it's, you know, $500 or $250, whatever, just go buy a share of GameStop just to g- drive in the knife. Cause at this <laughs> point the, they have made them like, dude, that's the only reason I bought AMC. Do I think that it's a good company? How much no, money did you put severe, in? severely impaired i i bought a thousand shares 10 yeah when 10 i tried grand. to buy my my scotia wouldn't let me buy stuff for three hours yesterday 
Oh, dude, my whole thing. So this morning, so you know, I had Cineplex because I bought Cinepack, Cineplex. I dabbled in a little taste of all this stuff. <laughs> right. So anyway, so I bought Cineplex and then this morning seeing what was going on, all the carnage, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, and Cineplex was like up 5%. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm getting out of Cineplex. I'm like, I'm going to get out of Cineplex right at the bell. And then I'm going to buy silver because silver was like the next big play or whatever. And then I just like log in and like, I am like none of my accounts. I can't, I can't get into any of them. I was, I, I managed to sell my shares of Cineplex by going into my app on my phone, my banking app on my phone and placing a trade through my phone. But like none of my shit was working. Like it, dude, these are like, do you know how much, like I have TD, you know how much money TD makes a year? They literally make like $2 billion a quarter. Okay. And they can't figure out how to like get these trading platforms to work. Like it's insane. It's, it's insanity. Yeah, like well, you're making JJ was calling in his bets. <laughs> he dude, honestly, he probably fucking <laughs> he probably like was smarter than us because at least someone probably picked up. I was like, dude, I like could I so I sold my Cineplex, it goes through, and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try and fucking buy uh Endeavor Silver. And I'm like, I just can't put an order in. And it was like fucking rocketing higher, and I'm just watching it being like, I'm trying to buy and it won't let me because That's what Patrick had inept- too. He was fucking flipping. Oh, dude. And now, granted, this stuff is very risky, and like, like as but like you know, the whole thing is like people get the risk. It's like smoking. Like, yeah, people smoke. They get that it's bad for you. They get that going to McDonald's is bad for you. Let them do it. Like, you know, the the one thing this is maybe a conspiracy take. I don't know, but like, there is one element to this that I wonder about. This is maybe not coming out. Is like I wonder if there's like all these hedge funds who are like super exposed to this short GameStop thing. And there was going to potentially be like an unwinding unraveling happening. If this got too out of hand where this would actually have real, like real severe economic effects where like, they were like, look, if like, if this unwinds in a really like unhealthy manner, where like, you know, hedge funds are forced to just liquidate everything. Like this would literally cause like a crash, like a panicked crash. And, and they were like, you know, the SEC basically told Robinhood and all these things to go, you have to stop this because like this could actually cascade and get like really bad where you're talking that's about not, like, that sounds like some, the opposite of a conspiracy take. That sounds like a, you know, well, it's a conspiracy take in the sense that the SEC has not come out and said like, yeah, we were actually behind this because we're uh, worried. But again, they would never say like, oh, we're worried about this contagion because then that in itself causes panic. So they have to basically do this all uh, behind the scenes because just the act of mentioning it puts that idea in people's heads and yeah. then it can self-fulfilling where then it starts happening. So funny. And you see, I signed like just so many articles. It's just so funny to be on the other side of the yard, uh, like the coin with these people. And they're like all the rationales of all these places posting, like this is actually not funny and it's not a good thing to like these posts to go. I don't know how regulators will eventually address this, but the hammer will come down and it won't be funny. So if anyone who thinks this is funny, just understand that it won't be. And it was like, no, it's still funny. I mean, dude, I, like, I don't know. You fucking bet on Donald Trump to win the election because it was funny. Like, why can't you do that? Because it's funny. Yeah. Why can't you make a wager? Something's funny. And like, they're putting whatever. a stop to it. I, the one thing I will say is they really should make it illegal. You should not be able to be short more than a hundred percent of the float of a company. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, right. And that who was should, saying that? Who was saying that? Every like, fucking rational person is like, was "Yo, like, well, these, this is crazy that you let them do this." Yeah, it's the SEC. Yeah, so they're, they're like, gonna short, they short more than double it, and then dude, they're gonna like, "Oh, okay, they'll cover them all as it goes down." 
Yeah, and like the like the selling it could keep going down. And yeah, and like the thing is, there's always like a I guess like you know a, a when you there's always like a long on the other side of a short because it's a borrowed share and like dude, it's fucking it is a real like web where like it can cause some really bad shit. And again, it's always the thing where it's like, you know, the really smart hedge fund people, they, they find these little loopholes and they take advantage of them for as long as they can. And like, you know, that Melvin capital thing, they were fucking like wall street darlings making tons of money until, and it's always like until it stops. It's like, it's great. And, but it, like, if you look up this thing, long-term capital management, it was like a, uh, in the a, late nineties, it was like, it almost brought down the entire financial markets. It was like, and it was like this a similar hedge fund thing that they were just doing this strategy that was super risky that they deemed to be not risky at all. And then it just started getting away from them. And like, they were just like, like losing so much money. That was like an existential risk to like the markets. What were they doing? They were doing, um, I was actually reading about it last night or the other night. They were doing like a, just a type of trade where they thought it was risk-free because they were taking two sides of the trade. And then there was just like some unforeseen element, which, you know, it's just like what always happens is like, what they couldn't predict happened. And then it started just like snowballing and dude, they had to get, I'm pretty sure they had to get like bailed out by the government. Like, yeah. You were saying at uh, first you were like, this might go on for four months. Like you said, that was some of your like smart money buddies, you know, we're well, saying it obviously, it obviously it, think it, could go it, on for months because there's just unlimited yeah. people they could do it to. Not only that, but it's like, the, it's this hive mind thing where everybody starts like, you know, I'm not, commenting in wall street bets right i'm not in there being like hey guys let's fucking fuck these people over but i saw that i'm like let's just start buying all these short companies because everybody else is thinking the same and then you're like it's a can't lose thing as long as people don't step into fucking like robin hood to fuck you over like everybody was like look let's just put a bunch of hedge funds but the thing is is like you start putting these hedge funds under and then like a pension fund in iowa goes under because they're tied into it like the subprime shit and you're like okay yeah but like some retired teachers like not eating this month now because these fucking idiots in wall street bets figured out that they could do this thing with short with gamestop right and so it's like there are like these real world effects as funny as it all seems like everything's so side are you on <laughs> Oh, I'm a hundred percent on Team Wall Street bets. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, I'm just saying when you when you're thinking about it from someone who's like job it is to keep everything just running. That's how they're thinking of it. Is they're the like, yeah, they're, they're like a big celebrity now. No, it's, it's he's they're anonymous. Nobody knows I thought, who they are. I thought he's going on. The guy who started it's going on doing press everywhere. No, he left it like who's a while then? ago. He's like a guy who started it, but he like left it. They like splintered. As far as I know, Charlie, the guy I know, is in contact with the mods at Wall Street bets. And uh, he, um, I think he's, maybe he knows personally who the guy is. I don't know. But as far as I know, these guys are, I mean, you don't want to be public if you're these guys. You're just asking for like the SEC to show up at your fucking door. Yeah, really? Are, are I mean, they- dude, dude, think about think about it this way, okay? They made it private yesterday for like, while they were sorting shit out. They made it private. And every one of these meme stocks literally tanked. They made it public again. And then they all shot back up. So you're like, you could literally just like if you're the mod, you go make it private, buy all these stocks, make it public, sell all these stocks, retire. Yeah, really. <laughs> also, there's right? the other thing where it's like these hedge funds, like the, the people in charge could go to someone like him and be like, hey, we'll offer you this many billion, you know, this many millions of dollars. Oh, to shut down I promise. He must have. I promise like you. Well, it's not going to get shut down, but I promise you, maybe, I, I promise you there's a lot of fucking quote-unquote retards on Wall Street bets who are like just posting under anonymous like names doing due diligence who are getting offers from like major hedge funds to be like, hey, come work for us. Right. 
Oh, for sure. I guaranteed that's happening. They're like, yo, like, cause, cause the fact is like some of these guys are doing as good as work as people who are their profession. Oh, this is what they're saying in the article. They go, you won't laugh when the eventual feature, you won't laugh when you read the eventual feature of a teenager misplaying GameStop options on his dad's account and costing his dad his house. Well, that's the kind of thing. And you're like, they're reaching here. You're like, oh, that, I mean, we, again, you so can't what? leverage your house. Yeah, we go. If we let this go forever, what a kid's going to break into his dad's account and then spend all his dad's money. And you're like, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think you should have a, a your stock trading account accessible to your kids to come in and trade all your things. But it's like, yeah, exactly. first off, there's so nothing that's prevented that. Yeah, like there's nothing that's ever prevented that from happening before any of this stuff. And it's like, what? So your kid's going to go to the bank, pretend to be your dad, remortgage your house, <laughs> no, get, pull, pull all the equity out. And then, yeah, exactly. And pull all the money out and then you go buy fucking options. Like, yeah, I can, you know, anybody can, if they know their parents' password, can go log into their account and do some shady ass shit. It's like, you don't because they're, you know, your fucking parents. But yes, theoretically, you could do that. Do that anytime. So, okay, so the last thing is, how does it? Wh- who? So is it? Is it the mods that pick the stocks, or is it they just the ones that get upvoted the most? No, how it's high. It's a hive mind. It's just Reddit. So, yeah, how did it's it get a, picked? Like, how did they decide? On I'll those? tell you. I, I talked about this on my podcast a lot, so I, I gave kind of the rundown. But so essentially, what happened punching is punching down podcast. His, punching down podcast. You can check it out. But so, but I'll give the short the short story here. So there was a guy on Reddit. His name was Deep Fucking Value. That's his like I Reddit rules, handle. Yeah. <laughs> So in like early last year, early 2020, he was in uh he was in the the subreddit or whatever and he's like, "Hey, I have this play. It's like GameStop's $3." Um and and basically his thesis was he's like every 7 to 10 years there's this console cycle. He's like there's a new console cycle with the PS5 and the new Xbox. He's like it's coming out. I think this will be really good for um for GameStop, uh, the stock is like $3 or something, right? And he's like, or $4. He's like, I think it's going to be really good for GameStop. So I'm buying it. And he goes, and also he's like, there's this crazy short position against it, which could also help me. So he bought 10,000 shares of GameStop. And then he bought a bunch of long dated options as well. Okay. So he, uh, so this was his theory. And at one point, and he and he would post constantly, just posting his 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 screenshots of his account. So he started with a hundred grand, and then at one point it was uh, fifty grand because because the drop in March because of the COVID drop. He, so he was like, he's at fifty grand, he's down fifty grand, but he's like, you know, I'm 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 holding firm. Then it starts turning around, and it's like you know he gets back to even. He's posting it, then he starts, and and then it starts going and going. And as he's posting it, I guess people were like. Yeah, this, there's something to this short position thing. Like, you know, at first it wasn't like, oh, I, I got a million upvotes for it. People at first, I think, were like, yo, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, what a stupid bet, which they love on Wall Street bets, right? They love when people do crazy shit and like risk a lot of money for dumb shit. So people at first were like, what a stupid thing. What a crazy thing. And then it started to pick up steam. And you're like, and this guy was like, yeah, okay, I'm up a hundred grand. I'm up. 200 grand he's like i'm up a million dollars and it just keeps climbing and climbing and people are like yeah with this short position thing they're like there really is something here where like they will have to cover and like we could really get this stock going like dude this guy posted his positioning i think yesterday or the day before he was up 48 million dollars off his 100 grand off his 100 grand now granted everybody like this isn't deep like fucking I, value deep fucking value like again this isn't some like you know 
rags to riches story. This guy had a hundred grand to blow on a dumbass fucking bet like this, right? Yeah. Like if he was wrong, but the fact is he was right. And, uh, but yeah, this was his, like, this was his thesis. And he goes, and he basically saw this and, you know, Michael Burry, the guy from the big short, uh, who is like a guy I know is a, like a mutual friend. He saw the same thing too, where he goes like 140% like short position. You're like, if you guys are wrong or this gets away from you in any way, this is going to get away from you in the most epic fashion ever. And they were right. And it did like, it just like, because the thing is, is like to cover a short position, you have to buy. And if you're buying while other people are buying, then all that happens is the stock just keeps going up and up and up and never like takes a pause. It just keeps going up. And so that's basically what happened. But it was from this guy who just like had this idea and because people are constantly posting ideas on Wall Street Bats. They're like, here's my idea, buy BlackBerry, whatever. And some, you know, get upvoted a lot and, and moved up and some don't. And so anyways, his just like, it's like, a, you know, it became a meme. And then, and then everybody was like, this guy, Ryan Cohen, who's the guy who started Chewy, he, he bought like, I think he bought 2 million shares or something crazy. Yeah, he bought 2 million shares for like, 18 million dollars or something and then turn something crazy like that and turned it into like 2 billion like literally or turned 70 million dollars into 2 billion something crazy like yeah uh and so everybody's like well this guy ryan cohen he's gonna turn gamestop into like chewy where it's like this like crazy e-commerce thing i still don't the thing is with all this i'm like i still don't get what gamestop business is supposed to be like i'm like what what are they gonna do like games are all bought through the console like you buy them directly from sony and microsoft like consoles is like in any other non-year where there's not a new console you just go on amazon or best buy just buy it and it shows up at your house the next day yeah i, I don't get it like i'll be the, i and i've not gotten a lot of things so maybe there is something there but this one i'm like i don't get it. amc amc i understand why it'll come back like you know they're not selling those spaces like what are they gonna do like there's a fucking on first avenue by us there's an amc where they're gonna knock it down and put up a condo because they have a bad year like that could only be a movie theater i mean it could be a condo but like or whatever but like that that'll come back and then because they got the crazy boost in their share price that allowed them actually as like a joke essentially that allowed that was a them Christmas to, miracle. Yeah, that allowed them the wiggle room to be like, okay, we get to stay solvent because like now we have all this money, we can just sell shares and because they keep selling shares. Uh, well, they have to announce it, but I mean, the the fact is, is like it just becomes understood that they could do that, and then people now that they understand that that's an option, then they're like, okay, bankruptcy's off the table because they don't even have to. It's just the understanding that they can. Yeah. So this joke put them back in business. Essentially, like saved them from the pandemic. Yeah. But you're saying GameStop's still kind of garbage. <laughs> I just don't get it. I like, you know, you go on, you go on Wall Street Bets and there'll be all these people being like, here's the story with GameStop. And I'm just like, I don't. Okay. So in 2000, in the dot com bubble, yeah. Um, there, like a lot of people were saying that kind of the same thing happened with the AOL message boards and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. it, and then after that, a lot of people did get, you know, charges brought down on them and stuff like that for you know pump and dump well this isn't pump but this isn't pump and dumping because people aren't making anything up they're just being like this is a funny gotcha. prank yeah like yeah, this yeah. is what would be considered so a bear difference. yeah this is people aren't being like oh gamestop raid. just like yeah bear raid people aren't being like oh gamestop just announced a fucking 10 billion dollar contract 
And so the the stock should go up. And that's up. what they that's were doing they, on AOL before. They were lying. What was the story with that kid? Li- Remember there was that kid? That, yeah, like- this kid in New Jersey. He was like 12 <laughs> years old and he, was, he made like hundreds of thousands of dollars doing exactly that. He would go into Yahoo forums, make stuff up, pretend he was like CEOs of the company and being like, hey, we were like doing this thing. It's crazy to think that that was so easy back then. I but know. like, you know, that's, that, that's the difference between like, you know, being on a fucking 128 kilobyte modem and like, you know, a gig of 10 gigabits or 50 gigabits is like just the speed that information is like someone could say that and then you could easily verify that it's bullshit and people are just so much more savvy. And But this isn't that. This is like, you know, there, there's some questions about what this is. And, and if it was like a super coordinated thing where like, you know, a bunch of hedge funds managers got together and decided they were going to do this, it would be illegal. But like, what are you going to do? Like these people live all over the world. Like they're not Americans. And they're like no- if you go in the thing, it's, yeah. it's, it's like, it's a cross section of people like all over the world. Like, yeah, it's like if, if a whole bunch of people got together and we're like, we love Tesla and we're all going to buy Tesla. It's like, even if it's for a prank, like what's the difference? Exactly. If it makes the price of Tesla go up, like you can't stop them from doing that. Like, so do you think, I this, mean, they were, so you don't think anything will come down on anyone. Do you think this will be a movie pretty much for sure? I don't know about the movie. I mean, I, I mean, the one thing I'll say about the movie part is like the story's not over. Yeah. Like, like, dude, like these hedge funds, like a lot of them are still short. Like, uh, uh, apparently, we were talking about this today with my friends, but like, apparently, like the short position in GameStop still over a hundred percent. So like, crazy. It's, it's not like it got down to ten percent. It's still well over north of a hundred. They're shooting for a thousand for the price target on on Wall Dude, Street bets. The, I I was looking at Wall Street bets. Some people were doing. The, they were being like, "Yeah, we think five thousand is possible." <laughs> and then they're coord- The thing too is they're coordinating. So it's like when you buy shares of a company, you you automatically opt in to allow your shares to be borrowed for shorts. And so then all these people in Wall Street bets are like, "Call your broker and tell them that you don't opt in for." allowing the borrowing so that it'll even okay. squeeze them further and like they're, they have I all these tricks but, but it's just it's it's just a smart thing to do right they're just playing the system and they're just they're they're playing it better than fucking these dudes who purport to be the smartest guys in the room and they're but again these these smartest guys are able to fucking completely rig the system yeah, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see because it's like you got to be fucking suicidal to add to your shorts at this point if you're like short like, I mean, dude, if you had unlimited money, I would be like, go short GameStop right now. Like, you're going to... Because eventually. But eventually. But it could go so high that, you know, no matter how but much... But dude, if you, it yeah, say you short 100 shares of GameStop for $25,000. It's like, if it goes to $5,000, you're going to be down, like, what is that? 70 f- fucking, I don't know, four or five, half a million dollars. In yeah. the meantime, may, maybe you're right, but at some point you're going to be looking in the face of a half a million dollar loss while you're waiting to be right. And it's like it's, a lot of people just can't stomach that. Sick. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's fucking super entertaining. All right. It's a good time if, if you guys like financial satire. I work on this website called The Hard, Hard Money, which is like pretty fucking good timing for us. Yeah, I talked about that in the episode too. I posted a little. Article. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, check out Hard Money, part of the Hard Times universe. Punching Down Podcast, at Danny Jokes. All right, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Peace, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to the boys cast. Make sure you subscribe to Danny. Listen to his podcast, Punching Down Podcast. Subscribe to me on Patreon. A lot of people always say they go, oh, Ryan could be the next SNL. And I've, you know, I've had conversations with like agents and managers where they're like, you know, would you be interested in that? I go, no, I want to be interested in being the thing that competes with them. I want to be the new SNL with me and my friends. That's what I want to do. But if you want that, you know how you can support it at patreon.com slash the boys cast. Thank you for supporting the cast. Let the people trade. I've been Ryan Long. Peace. Oh.